you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Mr. Douglas, I wonder if you can help me. Do you happen to have any raccoon coat rejuvenator? Any what? I hate to send a boy off to college in an unrejuvenated raccoon coat. What boy? A young fellow over at Crabwell Corners. His father ordered him this complete college kit. Stutz Bearcat raccoon coat, ukulele Ike ukulele, and this genuine Elliot Ness hip flask filled with non-alcoholic dandelion wine. That lucky, lucky boy. I'm just delivering it to him. Oh, excuse me, the telephone. I didn't hear a phone ring. Well, these mobile units all come with supersonic rings heard only by the subscriber. (laughs) Hello, Haney here. What? Oh, well, all right. How do you like that? Feller just canceled out his order for this complete college kit. And now you're stuck with it. Yeah, I guess I am, unless I can find somebody that's sending a boy to college. Mr. Haney, I got to give you credit. I knew you were going to get around to me, but I couldn't figure out how. Are you sending a boy to college? I am. I'm probably too late. A generous man like you, he must have already bought him his college kid. No, I haven't. Then this is my lucky day. No, it isn't. Mr. Douglas, are you going to send a boy to college without a Stutz Bearcat and a raccoon coat? I'm afraid I am. There's the, uh, oh, the, what is the name of that other outfit? Uh, oh, the French Continental Refrigerated Apple Trucking You care to inspect our modern mobile uh, refrigerating uh, facilities? Refrigerated? You know what that is? Genuine ice. That's your refrigeration plant? Yes, sir. It operates on the principle of cold. You 
you're familiar with that principle? <laughs> Mr. Haney. I call your attention to the safety devices of this marvel of modern transportation. In addition to the seat belts, individual windshield wipers, radar, four-wheel brakes. Radar? There you are. Not only does it tell you where you are, but it keeps the flies off of your fruit. Mr. Haney, I wouldn't care if this truck had ejection seats. Stand clear. <laughs> now, the gyroscopic compass... Mr. Haney, even if the truck could fly, I wouldn't... Haney to control tower. Request permission to take off. <laughs> Mr. Haney, you're wasting your time and mine. I'm not interested in using your trucking service. I'm going to rent a truck. Rent one? Yes. Now, where did I see that sign? <laughs> like me to put you into the driver's seat? No, thank you. I'm not interested in renting your truck nor using your trucking service. Care to buy a couple of used window shades? <laughs> Hello, this is the annoying Jay Leno, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see us live back in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us, and check out our archive page, where you can listen to all 480-plus shows. Yes, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. Well, that's actually in May, and probably somewhere around 500 shows. That seems like a lot. That's 10 years, 500 shows. Well, 500 plus shows, but that's pretty good. But anyway, hey, uh, uh, guys, I am back from uh, sunny California. And, of course, you know, as soon as you step off the plane here, it's like getting a wet cloth, a rag, a towel, a sponge thrown on you because it is so humid and nasty here. I'm spoiled. Uh, being a native that grew up in California, we had perfect weather. Perfect, perfect, perfect weather. We had, like, low 60s at night. We had maybe in the high to mid-70s in the daytime. Unless you're out in the valley where apparently they say it got up to 100 degrees. But it's dry. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, when they talk about dry heat, it's dry heat. <laughs> it's heat and it's dry. Sauna comes to mind. And, of course, Florida... It's hot, and it's steamy, and damp, and a steam room comes to mind. So it's kind of like, well, all right, 50-50, what do you like? I mean, heat, you can't get away from the heat, but do you want the steam room effect, or do you want the uh, sauna effect? That's what you got to kind of calculate there. But I will tell you one thing. In California, the weather was perfect. The cars were perfect. Everything was perfect. Meanwhile, if the same show is going on in Florida— you could probably watch the cars rust in the parking lot or out on the lawn because it's so humid here. It is terrible. It's uh, just it's just not very generous. But anyway, so uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to kind of highlight uh, what went on. 
during Monterey Car Week. I always say Monterey Collective Car Week, but I was corrected. In fact, if you Google, you know, if you use the hashtag sign, Monterey Car Week, and uh, the at sign or the tag uh, Monterey Car Week, it comes up all the time. So, uh, but it was pretty cool. We had a lot of fun out there. Um, I hung out with my uncle as usual. If you go to my Facebook page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, I think this time I did a pretty good job social media-wise and kind of highlighting and uh, choreographing or chronologically uh, depicting my, uh, my, uh, my path of uh, car fanaticism. Uh, out there in California, IA, and again, I you know I talk about this all the time. There's just uh, you know the best thing we got going here in Florida is Amelia Island, and uh, and I did run into Bill Bill Warner while I was out there. In fact, last week on our show we did a little quick little interview with Bill Warner out there. So uh, it's kind of like when I land when we t- normally I get out there on a Monday, but this lately I've been going out like on a Tuesday morning. So I touch ground, you know, you leave here on the. Uh, the very late red eye early in the morning and then you just kind of touch down in San Fran and you jump in the rental car and you haul butt to Carmel and it takes about two hours because the first event that starts uh, the week for us anyway is the concourse on the Ave and that's put on by our good friend uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, Doug Friedman. And there's probably about 200 cars, maybe a few more, somewhere between 200 and 250 really, really, really Nice car. Some cars, concourse quality, some just just totally outstanding and just a lot of really cool drivers. But there's there's a real eclectic mix. Now, there's a focus and there's emphasis on Porsches, obviously, because Porsches probably, um, you know, they there's a lot of Porsches out there. And Ferrari. So Porsche and Ferrari were the two dominant marks that were, you know, lining the street. But there was Porsches, besides Porsches, there was Mercedes, there was Jaguar, there was Heelys. There was race cars, there was Fiats, there was DKWs, there was Audis, there was lots of BMWs, there was Oscars, there was a Triumph TR4 there, uh, a bunch of Panteras, a bunch of Bentleys, because it's the 100-year anniversary of Bentley. And uh, at the top of the hill, right when I came around the corner, one car that caught my eye specifically was a 1968 Cougar, not just any old Cougar, 68 Cougar, but it was a rare, one of 250 or less, with the factory 427 Cougar GTEs. Absolutely stunningly restored. Now, those cars did not come with air conditioning, but this gentleman retrofitted air conditioning, so it looked pretty factory. And uh, But the car was in amazing, amazing condition. I mean, it was just absolutely perfectly restored. And if I gathered the story right, the car was found in the Midwest, fairly original to start with, so there was no sheet metal replacement. The car was just redone and nicely done at that. And... Uh, so, but it's a factory 427 car. They only came one way. That was automatic. They were the early part of the car year, and they were built in 68, I believe, between January, February, March, April. And then after April, all the GTEs came with 428s, the Cobra Jet Motors, because it was mid-year option in the Mustang as well, the 428. They're called 68 and a half 428 Cobra Jet cars. And that motor was available in the Cougars, the... Engine code on a 427 is W. The engine code on a 428 is, I should know that, C or Q or J. Not J. No, J is a 302, a four-barrel. But uh, Q code, J, see what are the R code. I'm sorry, R, R, R for race, okay? What does Ford stand for? First on race day. I want to make sure you guys all understand that. We are Ford people here. Yeah, we kind of, you know, pay homage to all of them. But we are... 
we bleed blue, true and true, Ford Blue. So, but anyway, so this Cougar, so the late the late Cougars were uh, 428 cars. You could option one of those with a four-speed. For some strange reason, most of them came with automatics. And I think the 428 cars actually came with AC. But I stand corrected because Alan will probably call in, and probably Hank will call in because he's probably a, the foremost expert on GTEs. I used to have a 427 Cougar with a uh, GTE car with a 427 in it, automatic car. I used to drive it around here in town. Actually, I bought it off the original owner who bought the car brand spanking new at Carlisle Lincoln Mercury. Anyway... That was probably one of the coolest cars, I thought. Not to mention it was a Boss 302 there. So the, so the, the concourse on the Ave, the, the show is kind of eclectic, you know, and it just has a combination of everything there. But all the cars were street cars. What they do also, kind of like a midday feature, is they have the guys from with the race cars, the real Trans Am cars, maybe an occasional Can-Am car, maybe an occasional open-wheel car, IndyCar or Formula One car. They have a police escort, and they drive them down from Laguna Seca, which is about 20 miles away, down Highway uh, State Road 68, up US 1, down Ocean Avenue, into downtown, and rattle every window in town. Because when those cars come in, they're race-prepared cars, open headers, slicks, tires, the whole nine yards. I mean, these guys are uh, full-dress, all-out race. But uh, that is pretty cool. That is probably one of the most spectacular entries, and everybody kind of looks forward to that, you know. So that's one of my feature deals. But at any rate, on that note, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break here real quick. And uh, since we're talking about the Bay Area, and Carmel is, and the Monterey Peninsula is about an hour, two hours south of, uh, actually it's an hour south of San Jose, which is about an hour south of San Francisco. So there was a lot of really cool musical bands in the 60s from the San Francisco area, from the Bay Area, most notably the Grateful Dead, Santana, uh, Janis Joplin was her band called Big Brother and something or other something. You remember, Tommy, what it was? Holding Company. That's it. Yeah. See, boy, my memory's bad. Uh, Jefferson Airplane, too. Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, they're from San Fran, too. But uh, a couple of unknown bands. I shouldn't say unknown, but well-known, but a little bit not. They didn't get all the publicity because they weren't really uh, media hounds. Chocolate Watch Band, uh, Count Five. So, uh, let's see, uh, Syndicate of Sound, and uh, one of my favorites, Quicksilver Messenger. And I think we've got something from Quicksilver, Quicksilver Messenger right now. So, hey, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. You're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and that's our follow-up to Monterey Car Week edition. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. You swear to God that you know me. 
you well, you see that I know you. But you never did shake my hand, my old friend, and look into my eyes. But I know, baby, you got the gossip. But this hill to You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we are back. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. In case you just tuned in, we're uh, kind of recapping uh, last week's spectacular Monterey Car Week. Now, I just got an email. We got a really cool guest coming on here in December, and uh, we have Gary Puckett from the Union Gap. And uh, so that's really exciting, and he may, he may just come very well, come into the studio. So we'll have a live interview with Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, from the Union Gap. Anyway, because he's doing a uh, concert right here in downtown Clearwater, I believe, on the 14th. So we are looking forward to that. So we got a lot of stuff coming on. we got some other uh, um, cool stuff coming on. And uh, let's go to an FLACarshowMinute.com. Of course, you know, we're going to whip their commercial up here in a second anyway. But in the meantime, I'll tell you that if you want to find out where all the car shows are, the north, the south, the east, the west, everywhere in Florida, definitely check out FLACarshows.com. Now, I just came back from California, IA, and it's, uh, I lost touch. But since it's hot and humid here in Florida and we're, not, uh, we're on the uh, coast, we're a peninsula, Florida is. You know, it's like that little thing that hangs down there with water on, all, on three corners. That's called a peninsula. Uh, we actually have two time, time zones. I think we're the only state in the union that has two time zones. Right, Tommy? I think we got like uh, somewhere in uh, whatever it is. Pensacola is like an hour off. You know, that's another that part. That is of, correct. That is correct. Okay, another part of the world. Okay, that's our history lesson for this afternoon and geography. See, you learn things here. You need to tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, not only for the for the interview, interviews and the discussions with the most legendary or the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, but occasionally you might learn something. Uh, I do. You know, never let a day go by when you don't learn something. That's what they say. That's what I'm told. Uh, next month. Next month in downtown Clearwater, we look forward to this every year. And in the past, it was called, and I'm going to screw it up. Bobby's going to text me. <laughs> Clearwater Superboat Races. It used to be called the Clearwater Superboat Nationals. It is now called the 2019 Hooters uh, Clearwater Superboat Races. And it is taking place on September 27th through the 29th. So stick around. We always do a pre-boat show and a po- post 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 boat race show. Uh, uh, well, we do interviews. I think that's what we do here. Occasionally, we do the interviews. Well, if I'm talking, 
But at any rate, so yeah, you're tuning into Nostalgia Bidding Cars. That's me. All right, so what do we do? So let's go to my little Facebook page here, and I'll tell you what kind of what, uh, what we did here. One of the things, there was a lot of press conferences this year um, at Monterey, which unusually a bunch, because there was a lot of new introductions, new cars, a lot of electric cars, a lot of vintage cars, a lot of technology stuff. But one of the interviews that we went to, one of the press conferences, excuse me, was uh, Makeham's was the first one that we went to. And if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a happy picture of me and Scott Kiernan and the most amazing, iconic pop culture car uh, to roll out of the 60s. And I don't even think I need to, to introduce that car because I think everybody knows what that is. And it begins with a B. It's green. And it was made by my favorite automobile company, which is Ford Motor Company. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the one and the only, the 1968 390 GT factory four-speed Bullet Mustang. So, Scott has had this car for a long time. It's been in the family since the 70s. It's been hid. Only a handful of us really knew where the car was. Uh, everybody's sworn to secrecy. But it is the real-life car. And, of course, it came out and did its public appearance a couple years ago. It was in Amelia Island, maybe last year or the year before. I know I saw it then. I talked to Scott. But we have invited Scott to come on our show because... At Kissimmee this year, this is what the big announcement was, at Kissimmee this year, that car will be auctioned off. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the 1968, you and everybody else on the planet will have an opportunity to buy this 1968 Mustang that Steve McQueen actually drove. Now, there's no, mm, there's no telling what that car could sell for. Everything else that Steve McQueen touched in the past brought gazillions of dollars because, naturally, Steve McQueen was the king of cool. Okay, no question about that. And this Mustang, and I've seen this car quite a few times, and i got to tell you, it's pretty... i got a lot of pictures of it. So if you go to my Facebook page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, you can see lots of them. There's also a shot of me and Scott standing next to the car, leaning on the car. I'm actually leaning. I touched the car that Steve McQueen drove. I didn't really touch it a lot, but I touched it some. So i got a little Steve McQueen uh, positive karma on me so or not i shouldn't say karma but uh, positive vibe there thing so but that's just a cool car i used to have a 68 gt 390 car exact same color highland green four speed 390 car so um didn't have those wheels on it but it looked pretty pretty much the same and that car is laying around here somewhere in clearwater in the warehouse and maybe one of these days i might stumble across that car but anyway so that was the biggie so and then dana went on to say that uh Kissimmee, which is the largest auction car auction in the world now um that particular venue as far as cars all i mean a lot of cars at one one venue and uh they're going to have not one thousand not two thousand not even three thousand they're going to have four thousand cars at that auction let me say that one more time it's hard to fathom this four thousand cars now it started out as a three-day auction then a four-day auction, then a five-day auction, then a week-long auction, then an eight-day and a nine-day auction, 4,000 cars. That's a lot of cars, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, so at any rate, uh, brace yourselves. Now, that's a week before um, Scottsdale Collector Car Week or Scottsdale Car Week, and there's uh, six or seven auctions going on there. We have, obviously, Barrett-Jackson. You have Russo and Steele. You have Bonhams. You have... Goodings, you have Silvers, you have RM, uh, and you have Worldwide. And collectively, between those six or seven auctions, maybe, maybe 2,500 to 3,000 cars. 
Meekum will have 4,000 cars. So that should be exciting. So I'm going to get a head start on that. Anybody wants to go? I might even get some free, some free, I say that every once in a while, tickets, some complimentary. No, let me not say free. Let me say some complimentary tickets to that particular venue because it's going to be spectacular because they're really going to really, really, really going to pipe this. Pump, pimp, pump, pop, 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 pop. Pump this thing, pump, what's the word I'm looking for? Pump, pump, I want to pump you up, yeah, pump this one up. So this should be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, that is the, the, the big news out there. Now, the other, the second big thing that was going on is uh, our good friend over there at, um, uh, my good friend, Peter Brock, who was the second employee, the number two employee for uh, Shelby American, who takes credit for designing the, uh, unbelievable, amazing, winning all-around Ferrari killer, the Daytona Coupe. But he also had uh, a little something to do with the Corvette Stingray, which he actually designed. He penned the original Stingray design in the late 50s. And then it wasn't until the early 60s when Bill Mitchell said, you know, this bulbous thing that we got right now, the C2 or C1 actually, uh, Corvette is kind of cool, but uh, we need to come up with something really slick. So... Hence, the Stingray was born. Pete put his little blessing on it. But at that point in time, he had already kind of jumped over, jumped ships, and went with the winning team of Carroll Shelby and Shelby Automotive. Let's see. What else did I do there? Um, oh, yeah. So anyway, so what, what they did is in back in the 60s, Pete was busy uh, designing cars. And one of the cars he designed was a, a car, and you're familiar with his name, De Tomaso. De Tomaso, most people know are familiar with the Mangusta and the Pantera. But they made a race car, and it was originally slated to be a uh, Can-Am car. So there was a design exercise. They built the car. It was built in Italy. It was Ford-powered by a 289 Hypo motor, uh, made it to a five-speed gearbox, and it was kind of a slick piece. But uh, the funding went out, or you know, you just never know. I guess they just felt that the car wasn't fast enough. At the same time, Ford was working on the Ford GT, so they didn't want any competition, so the, the, the project was tabled. That car, that P70 De Tomaso, survived all these years, was in a warehouse. So now, to commemorate the P70, De Tomaso, the name, was recently acquired here a few years back, and it's a con- I'm going to say an automotive conglomerate. We'll get into that one of these days, too. And that car... Uh, was reintroduced, and if you go to my website, or my website, rather, my Facebook page, you'll see a picture of the P72. And they had, uh, out on the back lawn, out on the uh, runway, which is where all the cars cross, the uh, the winning cars, the the um, cars that uh, uh, get receive awards at Pebble Beach, out on the back deck there, overlooking the 18th fairways, they had a presentation there and a uh, news conference of the release of that car. So that was pretty cool. The new P72, and uh, they will not disclose much information on it other than it's a million dollars plus. They're only making 72 of them. Okay, get it? P72, 72 cars. And uh, so we don't know what it has in it for a drive line. It could be a 12 cylinder, but that, that much we did, we did figure out because when they popped the rear hatch, I counted 12 spark plugs. So whether it's a Jaguar engine, whether it's a Ferrari engine, whether it's a Mercedes engine, whether it's a BMW engine, it's a 12-cylinder. That's all I know. And it's manual transmission, which everybody uh, jumped for joy because the car is a combination of modern technology but a throwback to the good old days. So it was a six-speed transmission, which we were delighted to see three pedals in that car. Now, if you've ever looked at a Pagani or a Spiker, uh, really, really close, they are very ornate, very detailed. This car um, basically has a lot of those same features. 
But uh, it's a wild design, very fluid, and it's a combination of an old and new. So it's very fluid. But that car was so popular. Not only was it at the uh, at the press release uh, at Pebble Beach there a couple of days before the event, but it was a car that was featured at uh, um, the Quail. The car was featured at Concorso Italiano, and the car was one of the featured cars on the concept lawn at uh, Pebble Beach. So that was pretty cool. Hey, I think what we're going to do right now is Tommy's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo, and we're going to throw a few commercials in there, and we're going to play a little bit more music from some of the local California bands. And uh, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Renewing Cars. Tommy, what do we got on the turntable this time? Oh, count five. There we go. Hey, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Renewing Cars. Don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. There's a house on the street where I live, yeah. The people there advertise for the give, yeah. I'm not gonna hang around. Oh, we're gonna keep our bed off the ground, yeah. There's a place in the town where the people put you down. Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we are back. Let's... Thank you. 
Okay, uh, I'm sure you guys all heard that, and maybe some of you that are in the car world kind of uh, read the article because probably the biggest, I'm going to say, publicity stunt. A lot of the guys are saying it's a faux pas. I don't know. This is just my take. I was sitting there. This is at RM's auction on Saturday night, and the car that everybody was talking about was the uh, very first Porsche that uh, it was uh, referred to as the Type 64. And uh, back in 1938, they built two, supposedly three, and I'm not exactly sure how the history is because I have a friend of mine that has very close ties with the Porsche family. So the jury's still at it. But the, here's the basic story. The basic story says, according to the article that's been all over the, uh, circulating on the, on the website, their website, RM's website, RM Sotheby, and uh, and then on the internet and you know elsewhere, is that there were three cars, and one car was sold to a race car driver. The second was kept to the Porsche family, and the third car was kind of completed but not completed. But nobody really can account for that car. But they can't account for the first one. They can't account for the second one. The first one was then crashed. Then, as the story goes, in early '39, the second car that was owned by the Porsche family, which was Ferdinand Porsche and his son Ferry. That car supposedly was taken apart, disassembled, and used to fix the first car, which was continued to be continued raced, continued to be raced, and subsequently survived all these years. And then at one point, supposedly in the 60s or 70s, the car was restored, and then it was raced in vintage again. And the part where I take a little issue is, is supposedly the Porsche factory or the Porsche people say that they don't really acknowledge the car to some extent. Uh, we do because it is built by Dr. Ferdinand Porsche. And uh, so at any rate, long and the short of it is, is the car is very, very unique. So what is the very first Porsche really worth? Well, I was joking with somebody there, and I was sitting there with some friends of mine. And I said, okay, well, this car is probably worth $100 million. Who knows? I mean, they paid $70 million for one of the 36 Ferrari GTOs and... That car had very, very good history, and it was probably the most original Ferrari 250 GTO on the planet. Okay, you know, last year, or year, I think it was last year, they sold one for $48 million. And, uh, and it had been slightly modified over the years, which is not uncommon for a race car. Keep in mind, race cars get hit, crash, bang, and, you know, they get fixed. And, you know, you see this a lot with 70s, uh, 60s, 70s cars, race cars, you know. And then a lot of those cars are built out of aluminum, so they flex, and, you know, they're, the, the aluminum... It, there's metal fatigue and aluminum fatigue and composition fatigue and there's engine parts fatigue and there's all kinds of you know things going on you got to replace parts okay so you have to constantly upgrade it so how much of those X race cars are original anyway but here's where here's where I'm going with this so the bidding the the estimate was 20 million now you heard the gentleman there and the bidding started at was opened at 30 million 30 million. And all of a sudden, everybody's going, ooh, ah. Then it goes to 40. Then it goes to 50. Then it goes to 55 or 60. Then it goes to 65. Then it goes to 70. Now, you heard him say, you can't really tell whether he's saying 70 or 17. Now, we were there at some of the other auctions that he had, and he is English, and he does have a little bit of an accent. And if you're not really paying attention, it could sound like 70 or 17 or whatever. But the guy in the back... That's on the screen that, that controls everything. You know, he flashes the stuff up there. Now, if everybody saw 30 million, 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, 70 million, somebody 
within the organization should have said something about that. But they didn't. They waited until it got to 70. And then if you listen closely, he says, wow, this is exciting. I wrote 7-0. Now, he admits that it was 70. Then, right after that, he goes, oh, it's 17 million. It's 17 million. So then they backed the whole thing up. And they start at $13 million. You should have heard the boos. There were so many people standing up, I couldn't even see. I couldn't even see the screen. I couldn't see the car. I got in there early. I saw the car, and I got a picture of the car. Actually, if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a picture of it. And um, But, you know, then every, you hear boo, boo, boo. Well, then, the, I mean, that building just, like, emptied out. And uh, which where I'm going with that is, too, is a lot of the people that go in there are spectators. So people actually pay to go to these auctions and sit. So when you see a big crowded room, it doesn't necessarily mean everybody in there is the bid. There's a lot of people just car enthusiasts, and they just want to be around the excitement, the people, and, and, and the whole nine yards. So they opened the bid at 13, then it went to 14, then it went to 15, then it went to 16, then it went to 17, and it stayed at 17. My question is, what happened to the guy that supposedly bid 30? Opened the bid at 30, or they got it opened the bid at, and then went to 40, and then 15 and 60. So, anyway, that wasn't very good. That was kind of like uh, a super publicity stunt, much less, um, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you what, every news media organization that afternoon, the next day, had a feel with the Wall Street Journal, Motor Trend, Auto Week, Bloomberg. Everybody, it's called the flub. They flubbed it or the blunder. I mean, it's just all kinds of names. It's just funny as can be. And uh, but hey, you know we say in the in the PR business, any publicity, whether it's good or bad, is publicity. So bad publicity, good publicity is still good publicity because their names out there. So and the next day we saw all the guys out there roaming around on Pebble Beach on the on the lawn on the 18th fairway. And hey, I don't even think anybody even talked about it. I'm talking about it. But anyway, all right, so let's go on with the show. So uh, Concourse on the Ave, then uh, let's see what we do that at. The next day we went to, uh, oh, yeah, we went to the Amabilia thingy in, uh, at the Embassy Suites. So they have all kinds of stuff there, artists and uh, little goodies and knickknacks and posters and car parts and magazines and owner's manuals and tools and fog lights and wooden steering wheels and all kinds of cool stuff like that. And then after that, we went to the Mission Classic, the Carmel Mission Classic. And if you go to my Facebook page, that's where the usually the bishop or a priest. Um, the mission is uh, one of the oldest uh, missions in California, and it was founded by Father Junipero Serra, I believe. And uh, I used to go there as a kid, so I know the area real well. Behind it, actually, is the Mission Ranch, which is owned by Clint Eastwood. Didn't get a chance to go over there because uh, naturally I was trying to find him because we'd love to have Clint Eastwood on our show. So, Mr. Clint Eastwood, if you're listening, please call in. 727-441-3000. <laughs> How about that? Anyway, now watch Charlie or somebody call in and fake. Somebody's going to call in and pretend they're Clint Eastwood. They go, uh-uh, I know what you're thinking, punk. Did I dial 727 or 415? Well, to tell you the truth and all this confusion, I dialed 415. Anyway, um, that's a poor, 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 poor example of a uh, Clint Eastwood, um, um, what do you call that, interpretation or uh, uh, impersonation. At any rate, so the Carmel Mission Classic has some pretty cool cars. It's wild. It's, uh, it's a closed event, or I should say a, a invitational event as far as the cars. And... Uh, but the priest goes around at 1 o'clock, and he starts blessing all the cars. And if you look at one of the, the pictures there, there shows the priest blessing a 1969 Z28. Now, that is owned by my good friend Frank DiPaolo, who is a former L.A. cop who is retired now and lives up in the L.A. area. And he wrote a book, 
and the book is called From Hell to Hail Mary, or From Hail Mary, Hail Mary to Hell, or something like that. I think one of the one of the two. I think it's from Hail Hell to Hail Mary. And uh, it's an interesting story, and we're gonna have Frank on the show. But while we were standing there, the father was gracious enough to come over and bless his car, and he blessed us too. So all my sins are forgiven. So that's like uh, that's like uh, well, Tommy, are you Catholic? He's Catholic too. So you get blessed by the priest, all your sins are forgiven. So that means we can go out and sin again, I guess. We'll pile them up until next year. <laughs> and uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then after that, we went to McCall's Motorworks Revival. Now, that is just – Gordon was on our show a couple weeks ago, I think week before last. And uh, the Monterey Jetport Party, or the McCall Motorworks Revival, was the original Jetport Party. Now, you know, you think of Jetport Parties, and we, you know, there's some local companies around here that have done them. Uh, they've tried and they've done okay with it, but when you have Gulfstream and Bombardier show up and you got a P fifty one, I think you got some serious cloud if you can pull in those people. You know, Tag Heuer was there. You know, Rolex was there. Uh, just a, a, I mean, Pagani was there. Ford was there. GTs were all over the place. Ferraris were all over the place. Vintage race cars were all over the place. People, personalities, all the who's who were there. It's just a, I mean, you know, fine dining, food was excellent, beer. They actually had Guinness, and uh, you, normally I get a picture of me with the with the Guinness babes. Um, didn't do that this year. I was uh, busy working on my social media this time, so I was out networking. I had a chance to talk to a friend of mine, um, Jim Busby, and Jim is coming on our show, and he was there, and his one of his race cars. He was a very successful IMSA race car driver out of the 70s, 80s, and I think he retired sometime in the 90s and stuff like that. But Jim was there with one of his cars, so I got a chance to talk with him. Pretty cool. He was there a few years ago, and he had a really amazing Ferrari 400 that he modified and made it look like a race car, which is kind of an unusual car to do, but it was pretty cool. So uh, McCall's Motorwork Revival is like uh, one of the major events that you have to go to there. The next day, uh, what did we do? I think we went to one of the car shows, local ones, and then we went to the... Um, uh, Tour de France, Tour de Elegance, which is from noon till about uh, 2 o'clock. All the cars drive the 17-mile drive down south of Bixby Bridge, and they come back, and they're there, and they stop in downtown Monterey, or Mon downtown Carmel on Ocean Ave, and it's open, like, just like the Carmel Concourse, or Concourse on the Ave. And, but the only difference is, is as many of the cars that are in this particular event our cars that are actually on the, seventh, the 18th fairway uh, the day of the Pebble Beach Concourse, and that's pretty amazing in itself and uh, everybody gets a chance to see cars you get a chance to see cars there that you've never ever 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 seen uh perhaps only in magazines unless you go to these events on a frequent basis um what did we do after that i think we went to um man my memory's gone anyway so friday friday we went to the porsche um, works reunion Okay, that's huge. So we saw all the Porsche people. We know a lot of 356s on display, a lot of who's who was rolling around there. Porsche had some of the newest cars on display, uh, a lot of vintage Porsches there, probably close to 900 cars. That's a lot of cars. Then after that, we drove up the hill and went to the next country club, and we went to Legends of the Autobahn. Legends of the Autobahn is all German cars. So whether you got an Audi, a BMW, an NSU, a Mercedes, uh, and a Volkswagen, they're all there. And again, probably four, five, six hundred cars there and lots and lots of people. And it's amazing because when you go to these events, you'd be amazed at how passionate people are about their car. 
Now, the one thing I noticed is that at, the, at the Legends of the Autobot, the strongest presence was BMW 2002s. Now, if you're familiar with those, those are the cars that pretty much saved BMW because that was a trendy little car that started out as a 1600cc engine, little two-door coupe, kind of cool. Did very well in racing, by the way. And uh, then they punched the motor out a little bit to a 2000, to a two-liter, hence the term 2002. That was the name they gave it. And it's kind of like a little cult car. You know, It's kind of like an Alfa Romeo. And uh, so after we went from uh, when we left the Legends of the Autobahn, we went over to the Quail. And Quail is probably the most spectacular event of the whole week. It's, uh, it used to be limited to 3,000 people, but I think somebody told me that the count this year was close to 5,000, maybe even more. But the best of the best. It's all-inclusive, all your food, all your, you know, the finest wine, the finest beverages, the finest foods, the most amazing cars. Um, as Gordon mentioned in his... Uh, discussion um, about uh, the quail. Everybody is treated like VIP, and they really truly are. I mean, they had an excellent media center there for us, so we can go back there and do our little social media and our connections and our networking and things like that. And uh, But it's amazing. It's on the, uh, on the Quail Lodge um, golf course property, and uh, which is owned by Peninsula properties and it was just it's just uh I, I can't describe it i mean the stage everything they do there is first class it's uh just an amazing event and the thing about some of these events that you go to they're very 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 casual and from that i stand from that i mean that they're not you know you're not under a lot of pressure to attend these events you just walk around look at the cars there was a lot of brand new stuff there on display Koenigseggs. eggs i don't think i've ever seen so many Koenigseggs eggs in my life uh, There's probably about 15 of them there. Tons of Lamborghini Murros because Lamborghini was a was is one of the featured cars, and uh, Bentleys. There was the a large display, the strong representation of vintage Bentleys there, and uh, let's see what else was there. Oh, Pagani was there. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the newest, the latest Mercedes, the latest BMWs, the latest Audis, uh, the latest in Porsche. Singer has a has a uh, display there. And, uh, but just everybody, it's just real casual. But again, the cars are concourse quality, show quality cars, just the best of the best. But it's just an amazing event. The day was perfect. It's an all-day event. It starts at 10, at 10 o'clock. It's usually over around 5, 4, 4.35 o'clock. And they have awards. And the best to show was a, um, I believe it was a Stutz. One of one, a custom-built car that uh, 1932, 1933, somewhere around in there. And uh, just an incredible car. And when you look at the detail, I'm not sure who did the car. I think it might have been RM because he has an amazing restoration shop up in Canada. And the car was just absolutely stunning, the detail. And you hear me say this all the time, too. The devil is in the details. And uh, so that was an amazing car. The What did we do after that? I think we went to probably hang out at one of the auctions. I think we went to Meekums for a little bit and after that and saw some of the cars on the block. The next day we got up and went to Concorso Italiano. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And that is an all-Italian show. Loads of Ferraris, loads of Lamborghinis, loads of Fiats, loads of Alfa Romeos. And of course, one of my favorite Alfa Romeos is the little GTV, the little sport cars, the little GTs. Fun little cars from 1964, 65, till about 73, 74, somewhere around in there. Great little cars, great race cars. They, too, competed against uh, the BMW 2002s and the, um, and the uh, let's see what else. They raced against the... Uh, yeah, my mind just went blank. Oh, the 2002 BMWs, the Alfa Romeos, and the, uh, gosh, I'll think of it here in a minute. I'll come back. But at any rate, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, again, they had the, uh, the De Tomaso P72 on display there. Got a chance to talk to some old friends. You know, one guy called this as a, uh, described this, this whole week as kind of like a brotherhood. You know, 
car guys getting together. Another guy says he just, you know, it's like a family reunion. And it truly is because you see the same people. If you go to the major events around here, around the country, that's generally what they do. It's just like uh, you just run into people all the time. And sometimes you don't get to see them because everybody's scattered all around the country, some cases around the world. But, you know, when you go to these major events, you do run into these people. After we left the Concorso Italiano, okay, and enjoyed some fine dining and some drink, we went to the, uh, we were going to go to Laguna Seca, but we did. We decided to go over to uh, Meekham's auction for a little bit. Then we went to Meekham, hung out there for a while, watched some of the cars sell. Then we went over to Russo and Steel, hung out with my good friend Drew Alcazar, watched some of his cool cars, and he had some pretty neat stuff over there. Again, if you go to my Facebook page, there's uh, a lot of details on these cars, and um, pretty cool. The next day, we got up. And actually, I think it, was, it might have been that night. And that night, we were hanging out there. Uh, if you, any of you guys know Bill Grant from uh, PJ's Auto World, I thought I was going to try to get him to come on the show tonight. But he's on an airplane somewhere trapped between uh, in the skies, 30,000 feet between here and uh, California IA. But we'll get Bill on because he's got an interesting story. But he was out there. A lot of people from Clearwater were out there. Doug Shock was out there. I was out there. Um, there was a car that was worked on uh, some sort of a, I can't remember what it is now. It escapes me. It escapes me. But there was a car that was at Glenn's MG's. Um, it was over there. It actually, it was on the lawn at Pebble Beach. Survivor, driver, conditioned kind of car. I saw it at, at uh, Glenn's shop here about uh, a month ago. I didn't pay much attention to it. But then when I saw it there uh, on the lawn, I saw, hmm, Florida plates. And it says, owner, a gentleman by the name of, can't remember, um, Clearwater, Florida. So I thought, oh, well, that was cool. See, so, uh, you know, it, it, everybody goes to Monterey. So, let's see. We were hanging out at uh, Denny's until about 2 o'clock in the morning, just jaw-jacking and drinking coffee. That's what we did. We've got a few minutes left, so let me wind it up here with uh, the next day. We got up in the morning. We went to Laguna Seca. So we got a chance to watch some of the really cool cars there. Again, follow my Facebook page. You can see with some pictures and some videos of some amazing cars at uh, some really cool vintage cars. And just, you know, whether it's Trans Am, Can Am, open wheel cars, uh, little sports cars, cars that you've never heard of, one-off cars, they're all out there. These cars, you know, people were creative back in the day. They just threw stuff together and said, i got to go racing. And they did it as cheaply as they could and had a lot of fun doing it. So, And now those cars are very historic. So it's cool. And then the piece de resistance is the Pebble Beach Concorde d'Elegance. And the car that won was a Bentley owned by uh, Sir Michael Cadori. And um, it was a pretty incredible, pretty incredible car. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Jay Leno while I was there. If you go to my Facebook page, there's a picture of Jay and I. And um, a lot of Bentleys, um, a lot of Italian design cars, because Segato, an Italian designer, of course, there were designers in Italy were Turin, or uh, Carrosseria Turin, uh, Ghia, um, Pininfarina, Bertone, and Zagato. Uh, and there's probably a few that I haven't mentioned, but uh, the featured uh, Italian design car this year was the Zagato. The thing that was really cool this year, they had a lot of hot rods there. And one of the cars that was uh, on display, and I'm sure this gentleman is jumping for joy, even though he's up in heaven now, was Norm Gabrowski. He was on our show many, many years ago. And you may remember him. The car was actually used in the TV series, 77 Sunset Strip. But Norm Gabrowski was kind of like uh, one of the cool guys that used to play in a lot of the early Disney movies. You know, had a crew cut, heavy guy, muscular guy kind of guy, you know. And uh, But he built that hot rod, and that car was on the cover of Hot Rod Magazine back in the day, or Carcraft, whatever it was. But that car is still pretty much the way it was when uh, Norm built the car. So, um, And built, Norm built a replica of it, so it was pretty cool. But anyway, so Pebble Beach winds up the week. It was amazing. The cars were incredible. The weather was perfect. The people were there. 
Uh, I had a chance to talk to David McNeil of WeatherTech. He had a very rare, he was a runner-up car, a Zagato-bodied Aston Martin, beautiful car, and Aston Martin green. Just, uh, I cannot emphasize enough that you need to go to Monterey, Amelia Island, Scottsdale, and those of you that are uh, high rod junkies and like working on your cars, you got to go to SEMA. So, on that note, I think I'm going to say thank you to everybody to tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening. Look forward to seeing you guys at some of the car shows. Be sure and tell your friends, tune in every Tuesday night here for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. I'm your show host, Robert. And uh, in the meantime, how about everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.